But I never surrendered myself. I was told I had to go there um, and or, or I would be arrested again. To this day, I've never had a day in court. My cases have been dismissed um, by corrupt judges in a corrupt system. They held our case under seal for five years. They haven't given me whistleblower protection. Um, and they held that. That was the Ketam case. It's called the whistleblower case. The case was dismissed with prejudice the next Monday, meaning I basically made up the whole thing and done. No rights, no anything ever. I've been denied the ability to work. I can't get grants again. My papers were all um, treated, my, my entire career was treated as if it was fraud. They destroyed my reputation, so I lost my ability to work. I, I lost the ability to pursue my passion. I lost every dime I ever made, and other people are publishing our results with different interpretation, and every one of the perpetrators of the crimes continue to be paid tens of millions of dollars. Ian Lipkin was awarded a $34 million grant right after that study was published by Tony Fauci to set up the Center for Discovery and Diagnostics, and he's been spending it on coronaviruses in the Barrick Lab and other labs ever since. You'd think it's a movie, uh, but it isn't. <laughs> Imagine being a scientist and your research gets you followed by the police, gets you arrested, gets you destroyed. Uh, i got to tell you, Dr. Judy Mikovits, who's on the other side of the screen right now, is probably my favorite scientist in the world right now. Uh, Judy, it is such a pleasure to have you joining me right now. Thank you. Thank you, Jeremy. It's a pleasure to be here. It's hard to watch that. I'm so sorry if it brought up emotions. Um, but... <laughs> You know, it's it's part of your story, and it's what makes you probably one of the bravest scientists. Um, and it's so weird that we both know that this video is probably going to get taken down by YouTube um, afterwards. Uh, and for what? You're a scientist. Is that your crime? Yeah, my crime is refusing to interpret the data the way they wanted the data interpreted, refusing to go along with an agenda. And, um, and, and that agenda, as we see in 2020, was planned all along to um, literally destroy the most vulnerable in our, in our world who they've already injured with these toxic vaccines. And that was, that was um, unbeknownst to us at the time when we discovered the problem in 2009 um, and, and associated with these new families of, of retroviruses with um, horrific diseases. Mm. Um, and it was clear that it was mixing animal tissues with humans, which is what they do in the vaccine program and the majority of vaccines you've got. So they literally um, experimented on humans for the last, um, I'd say since 1934 and 35 uh, with the, with the uh, uh, polio and smallpox vaccines even before that. And, and they're just basically carrying out COVID-19 is, is a, a military operation to kill the millions they injured and cover it all up and pretend like it was, oh, the great COVID, this coronavirus. Um, and nothing could be further from the truth. Okay, well, before we get into that, um, Judy, um, 
obviously a lot of people uh, who didn't know you certainly knew you from the pandemic documentary, uh, which came out a few months back. But would you mind yeah. giving would you mind giving my my audience uh, a bit of a background to who you are? Well, quite simply, I. Um I've been working in the National Cancer Institute. Uh, I started working in the National Cancer Institute on June 10, 1980, right after I graduated from the University of Virginia with a degree in biochemistry, essentially, and um, stayed there 22 years, rising from an entry-level technician to the head of a world-famous laboratory called, or world-renowned laboratory called the Lab of Antiviral Drug Mechanisms. So all I studied for my whole life was how viruses cause disease and how to prevent disease causation, prevent the dysregulation of the immune and the endocannabinoid systems. Um, and I went from industry, I went from the Cancer Institute to a pharmaceutical company called Epigenics here in California. We looked at epigenetic diagnostics, how gene ex changes. It's not the presence of the gene. It's not the presence of the virus. It's the expression of the virus and the dysregulation of the immune system, the crippling of the immune system, the cytokine storms. That's Those are the things we discovered for over 30 years and they didn't exist um, before we started studying human disease-causing mm. retrovirus. Um, uh, in 2006, I started the first neuro, I co-founded the first neuroimmune disease institute, basically based on everything I'd learned using a systems biology approach. Everything I'd learned in those 22 years in the National Cancer Institute, um, our company actually failed because of 911 uh, here in America. Nobody cared about uh, cancer. Um, diagnostics and treatments if we were going to be bombed and everybody was going to die. It's it's um, ironic that we see a similar thing right now in mm. COVID-19 where we're letting um, cancer patients and AIDS patients and those infected with these deadly viruses die basically or they're killing them with their vaccines. So when I made these discoveries in 2009 and um, and it really was like um, it, you know, the shot heard around the world. Everyone saw that paper in the Journal of Science, October 8th, 2009, and everybody started saying, that's it, that's it, that's it. Good doctors, good scientists everywhere. They've got it, you know, and even, even was celebrated. One new virus, how many old diseases can we cure by, by stopping the expression of that new family of viruses? Well, the problem was it turned out to be a family of viruses, and it turned out to be um, literally have spread worldwide through contaminated blood supply and contaminated vaccine. And that was the big uh-oh, and that was why they told me to interpret the data. You know, by 2011, when it was realized that it was at least 20 million Americans and probably 10 times that worldwide who had been infected by injection 
or or the use of contaminated blood supplies because we had denied the victims of these diseases. We'd called them crazy. We denied moms of autistic kid, there's something wrong, my kid was fine until that vaccine. And we, we knew from our history that retroviruses could cause inflammatory brain diseases, where, um, regardless of the viral load. So that was the journey. Um, I, I refused to bow down and allow the data to be interpreted any other way. I was the senior author on that paper, and I'm responsible for every word of the paper. And I honored that commitment to uh, the patients and the people worldwide who depend on unbiased interpretation of data. Yeah, and I mean, you know, um, as I said, I bought your book and I'm currently reading it. Um, there's a huge amount of information and so... I wouldn't recommend anybody who attempts to read it. Uh, uh, yes, that book. Anybody who attempts yeah. to read it, you have to read it slowly because there's a huge amount of information in it. But um, Judy, the the opening story actually is is something out of a movie. I actually thought while I was reading that they could make a movie of your life. Uh, what the heck happened that you ended up being followed? You were you. I mean. In the book, you talk about how you were doing fine financially. Everything was going well. Then suddenly, strange things started happening when you were riding your bicycle. What, like, what? Yeah. For those well, who, who those who don't know the story, tell tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So the basic story is um, when I refused to cover up everything um, in the summer of 2011. Our government here and the government worldwide, the UK, kind of spearheaded the the attacks against me and my colleagues along with the United States government, a lot like what's happening right now in COVID, forcing the vaccines on people, denying myalgic encephalomyelitis, denying these diseases. Um, so during that summer, when, when we maintained and we continued to show the data, every time they came up with a criticism, we came up with a valid scientific reason why that wasn't the mm. case, why our hypotheses, why our data and our interpretation of those data were still strong. So I was fired from my job. September 29th of 2011, um, because uh, my bosses were being pressured to make this go away. And my bosses had committed crimes of misappropriation of grant fundings and re really embezzlement, putting it into their own companies and selling an unvalidated diagnostic come. So they'd been making millions off of um, the, the grants. Um, which isn't the way the grants work. So they fired me because I uncovered their embezzlement and what they were doing late in the summer of 2011. Um, and uh, they fired me while I'm literally standing on the street. And then they locked down my lab and locked down my lab from every one of my students and then systematically went through my lab to make sure everything was there for the government um, and, and make sure everything that was there. So they had, they had made a deal with the devil. Why don't we just call him Tony Fauci? So they made Tony Fauci's NIAID funded our grants at the Institute. 
So the government knew that the Whittemores had been stealing and committing federal crimes, which would have put them in jail forever and taken everything they ever made or owned. Uh, so what they did was simply said, you make Mikovic shut up in, in, you know, not in so many words and, and we'll make sure you keep your institute and you keep your funding. And um, so they had, they were going, they fired me that day knowing I was going to Ireland and the UK um, from October 5th or 6th until the end of October, October 17th. I had already planned a two-week um, journey where I talked about the science to the patients and gave at several conferences, gave the data and helped with therapies and treatments. That's what I do. So while I was away, after I was fired, they literally rewrote my notebooks, literally locked down, took everything out of my labs, intended to throw it all away as we refused to do, and then tell, you know, as soon as I got back, um, oh, she made it all up for her own greater glory and all of that stuff. So they planned this civil lawsuit. They planned this civil lawsuit over the course of September 29th when I was fired. So all I did when I was fired from the Institute in Nevada was go home to California, go home to California and start looking for another job. Somebody who had $10 million in grants. And then in 2011, when the a recession in our in our institutes was going full on, every every university wanted me. Um, Santa Barbara wanted mm. me, you know, different universities, UCLA, um, the um, wealthiest man in the world I had an interview with. Um, and so they couldn't have that happen. Because, of course, the data would have been replicated if all the data, you know, didn't go away forever. So they literally fabricated a crime and um, and tried to carry it out. But during that time, between September 29th and November 18th, when they finally arrested me because we caught them, um, they, they were literally um, following me attempting to get me alone, attempting to kill me. As you mentioned, the first chapter of Plague of Corruption after Bobby Kennedy's fabulous um, forward yeah. is, is called Scientist at Sea. So on November 9th, it was a Wednesday in 2011. Um, and see, this was their big problem. I have basically a photographic memory. Um, and so they can't <laughs> refute a single word I say because November. go look at November 9th. 2011 in your almanac you'll know it's a wednesday and you'll know in in ventura california there was a full moon at approximately 12 noon it was low tide so they surrounded my house at four in the morning um when they were going to um you know pretend i'd done all this stuff wrong and 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 arrest me or it, that day i'm sure they were attempting to kill me um that that day was the only day i was really afraid that five days as i was hiding on a boat so um you know i basically um, my husband answered the door at four or five in the morning i was in the shower getting ready to go to one of these interviews i just mentioned down at ucla um which is about an hour and a half drive at that time if you go in the morning. So I always leave really early, as you know, from the book five in the morning. So I always start work really early. And um, so I was actually on my way out, but I had gotten up late that day. And, and my husband told the guy at the door I was gone. And um, basically, I was in the shower and he came upstairs and I and he like jumped out of his skin. And I'm like, what's going on? And he said, there's, you know, there's somebody at the door, you know, and, and they couldn't pronounce my name. 
So it saved my life because he's like, nah, she's not here. She goes to work. You know, and he thought full well I was at work. So it was perfect. So for the next five or so I called immediately to the person I was supposed to interview with and said, I can't make it. And I said, we're, we're in trouble. Something's going on. And, and he said, you know, throw the phone in the ocean. Um, yeah. Take the battery and, off. And, 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 and take the battery off, throw the yeah. phone in the ocean and, and get out of that house. Well, thank God we lived on a channel in the mm. Channel Islands. We had a boat and a boat dock. And so um, I, um, I called Dr. Rossetti, my longtime colleague who I knew would be working at NCI. And I said, what do I do, Frank? What's going on? And he said, Judy, you have a boat, you idiot. Get on the water. They can't take you off the water. It's, you know, there's no jurisdiction. It's international so like, water. Oh, international water so i thought oh yeah okay that makes a lot of sense so we literally we plotted that at full moon it's low tide so we literally stayed there till almost noon planning this my husband's daughter had a birthday that day and she happened to be staying with us because we were going to take her to lunch her birthday is november 9th and um and she's about my height and she's got blonde hair um um, and so basically about mid-morning, I said, okay, David, you and your daughter go take a walk. And um, she's, they're like, I don't want to go to a walk. They were scared to death. They didn't know what was going on. The house was surrounded. It was creepy. Um, and, and I said, just go for a walk. The minute she walked in the street, they surrounded her and said, Judy Mikovich, and she laughed. And she said, no, it's my daddy. I'm his daughter and produced a mm. driver's license. So we planned from there, okay. What was she wearing? Because I was upstairs not going anywhere. We lived in a house of glass. I wasn't going anywhere near a window. I was just on the water. Nobody could see me. Yeah, in your, in your book, you said you had no curtains. No curtains. I never have curtains on my house. It's I'm, I do not like, I love the light. I love the sun and I love the water and the ocean. So I literally was so afraid in the weeks before that, that I actually put a sheet over that window. I couldn't, I couldn't sleep. I could smell. Um, I was being followed. And as you know, throughout the book, um, it's, it's really a God story because I grew up in Washington, DC. I, there's a chapter in the book about um, scientists and people who die. And, and people who are diplomats, and they're not really diplomats, they're CIA. And they happen to have protected me kind of literally all my life, and I never knew it. So I was trained from the age of 21 because my identical twin um, was working in the Pentagon in super secret clearances for operations, including... Um, the when the iran hostages were being held in 1979 i believe the movie that was made about that is zero dark 30 and you might remember it over there in south africa but here in the united states um they were held probably more than a year um and at one point then president carter um had tried a rescue mission where a helicopter was going to drop in and that helicopter actually crashed well my my sister was the secretary you know at at what 20 years old we were in 1979 she was the secretary so the cia vetted me and they said hey judy and she said hey judy don't do anything you don't want on the cover of the washington post so i grew up very young knowing how to protect myself never Paranoid. go the same twice yeah so i was trained on that day in 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 the spring of 1979 i was trained 
how to protect myself, how to know if I'm being followed, how to how to escape being followed, you know, make four consecutive right or left turns, never keep the same habits, never walk out that door at the same time every day. You know, and from that time on, I really never did. So I, I always, and with this wonderful gift, my mom gave me this photographic memory, you know, I'd memorize license plates in a parking lot. And, 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 and if I didn't know those cars, I didn't leave the lab in the middle of the night because I'm a woman working alone my whole life. I always went very early and stayed very late and worked. And um, so and I was aware just of I'm working in HIV AIDS. I'm working in these highly explosive, you know, diseases mm. where where basically our governments are killing people and the scientists are being put in the middle and made the problem. So we escaped that day on a boat. And um, it worked just perfectly. I forgot to turn my phone off. Uh, that's fine. You can turn it off if you want. Oh, it's okay. It, it won't ring through. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, Someone in Ontario, Canada. I'll call them back later. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Judy, uh, there's yeah, so much so to talk about. Yeah, so there's we so much to talk about. But just in layman's terms, please understand that people like me and my audience, um, we're not scientists. What mm -hmm. is it in very layman's terms that you were researching and uncovering that was leading to all this um, government uh, um, uh, curiosity? Well, what it was is we were discovering um that viruses were being injected into um susceptible individuals um in order to experiment on them in order to cause disease and develop therapies or vaccines and make a lot of money in mm. people who wouldn't necessarily ever develop those diseases. So we discovered that when, you know, and, and pri primarily it was the blood supply. And we remember this from HIV AIDS. So this is why it was so important that I started right there, National Cancer Institute. And all of these stories are told. By the way, Ken Tech and Lively is a sixth grade science teacher so he comes he's he's my co-author and he writes the story so everybody can understand it mm. so he would translate what i would say he would tape what i would say he'd tape every word of it and then he'd write it in a story sort of way our first book plague he interspersed all the science um with day one in jail day two in jail because after i when i escaped on november 9th I stayed on that boat until November 14th where I escaped too. I hid on that boat until November 14th when I got a lawyer here in California and thought everything will be all would be all right but then that lawyer was bought and paid for and um and you know he sold me out for his own um stuff later on in the story but we i was actually arrested then on November 18th when they came to the door and tricked arrested me. for what arrested for nothing with no with no warrant with no it was it was theoretically after the fact seven days after the fact they said i stole my notebooks out of the lab on september 29th when i was fired and i could prove beyond a shadow of a doubt 
beyond a shadow of a doubt. I never or nobody ever went anywhere near there. Basically, my student and uh, um, fabulous student, um, Max, literally caught them in the middle of the crime that night or you and I wouldn't even be talking here because I would have been put away. So I was arrested on the 18th of November. I, I escaped death, certain death on the 9th of November. I stayed on that boat till the 14th when I got a lawyer. And then the next Friday, um, they made sure I didn't get away again. And they held me in jail from Friday, November 18th until November 22nd, later at night, like eight o'clock at night, um, when they literally couldn't hold me any longer. And they attempted during those five days, they held me on a bail hold without a lawyer, never saw a lawyer, never saw the judge against every constitutional right, no warrant, you know, no warrant, um, searched our houses. It's all in our in our first book, Plague, and in our book, Plague of Corruption, um, though we tell the jail story, we tell how the bail hold. So I was basically held there until I signed a confession. Um, it was an apology that I had actually made up, made a mistake, with XMRVs, the gamma retroviruses from mouse and monkey that are being injected in these vaccines for decades and have been injuring millions for and killing for decades. I just made that all up for my greater glory and I'd spend the rest of my life doing honest research as if to imply that's why I call it a confession that I hadn't done honest research to that point. So. I basically told them what they could do to themselves, and um, and I, I told it in very clear language, and <laughs> that everybody in New York City understands. Um, this, and, is and, 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 this is this is an age restrict. This is this is a family friendly show. <laughs> yes, so I won't say it here. I, did, I mean, and Kent writes the book beautifully. He says, you know, I'm standing there and it's in a hotel doing the same thing, going off. You know, we never say the F word. That's focus. We never focus. We just go where the data lead us. And, and that's how it works. But at any rate, so we don't. Um, I told him, uh -uh, I'm not signing that. And they held me in that bail hold and they held me as long as they possibly can. We all we we know now about people like Jeffrey Epstein being suicided. I knew all the way back to when I was a kid in Washington, D.C. during that 1979 when they that was my um, stepbrother was the park policeman that found Vince Foster dead. So we knew about Hillary Clinton, you know, murdering people, the Clintons murdering people. So we knew how to take care of ourselves. Um, not that not that God didn't get me out of there that day, because, you know, God always sends me Frank Rossetti to ask the right question. Dr. Rossetti, he's the one I said, what are you doing? He said, you idiot, you have a boat. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Frank. And I hung up the phone and threw it in the water <laughs> and but, planned my escape and survive. But what was it then, Judy? I'm still trying to understand for, for, for my audience. What was it then that that the, that the government or the or the pharmaceutical lobby or whoever it was uh what were they so threatened by what was it about your research that was so uncomfortable well you've injected you've injected tens of millions of people around the world with contagious cancer contagious ebola and you could prove that, that. And we could prove that and our work proved that. And that's what um, because we isolated it from the people. 
Uh, you know, we isolated the virus. We showed it to be infectious and transmissible. We showed how the envelope alone was responsible for the disease. So we did all the science that mm. hasn't been done in COVID-19. All the science we did with HIV AIDS. All the science we did to show HIV didn't cause AIDS. So what did cause AIDS? Well, a lot of different environmental toxins. It's not just the retroviruses, but our work was the most deadly and scary to them. Why? Because the retroviruses didn't kill anyone. They caused diseases where your brain was totally fried and you couldn't function, you couldn't go out in the world, and, and, and you were at the, mer the cost of the government. Every single AIDS patient in 1991 in our country, the U.S., it was one million Americans. This was 25 times that in the healthy population. We're a ticking time bomb for early onset Alzheimer's, for Parkinson's, for chronic Lyme disease, for um, myalgic encephalomyelitis and autism, um, cancer, 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 prostate cancers, colon cancers, breast cancers, hormone-driven cancers, all of the things where you're a compromised your immune system. Well, the cost to the government for every HIV infected individual because, you know, and, and your audience can watch the movie, The Band Played On, because The Band Played On, it's a book by Randy Schiltz, and I believe it's a 1993 it's a, movie with Alan movie. Alda. And so that movie tells you what happened in HIV AIDS. And, and so that movie mm. shows you what happened to the scientists. That, mo the, the, that movie shows you what happened um, to the patients who the government infected. It cost the governments worldwide billions of dollars. This is 25 times this. So this is as Hillary Johnson in our first book, Plague. Hillary Johnson is the author of the book, Osler's Web. And she also wrote the foreword of our first book, Plague. And the title of that book was called A Disease to Affect the Economy of Nations. So simply put in money terms, this is trillions. It, it shuts down the entire society. And, and spin forward to 2019 and what we've just done with these or are planning to do with these deadly vaccines so you made up covid you know there is no disease caused by um no pandemic no plan there's a pandemic and and the virus SARS-CoV-2 has essentially nothing to do with um the pandemic the tests are fraud the T-shirt I have on um, says the testers are fraud. The media is lying. Everybody's paid off. And it's um, somebody gave it to me last week. It says nothing to fear, but fear itself. Yeah. And on the back is everything about COVID-19. This is the largest crime against humanity ever perpetrated. And who are the first people who are going to get the most deadly vaccines of all time? Oh, the mentally dis disabled. The people mentally disabled, Alzheimer's, um, ME-CFS, these people have been called crazy. They're not virus infected. You know, so they're going to get the nursing homes, the military, the military are the most heavily vaccinated. So PTSD. So they're going to cripple our military and then just allow a takeover of our country. 
And, and this is pretty clear because of who is going to be forced to get the vaccine are the most heavily vaccine injured populations. So one of, one of my colleagues, um, uh, long in this fight, just uh, a freedom fighter who's always talking about now we have one in two or one in three children who are going to be mentally disabled enough so that with psychosis, with ADHD, with um, uh, depression, with uh, ME-CFS, with uh, uh, autism, these are, these are infectious diseases. These are environmentally driven diseases. And our government and Tony Fauci have thrown them into just neurodevelopmental or neurological diseases and stroke. There's nothing we could do about it. You were born that way. But our research clearly shows we weren't born that way. And now in 2020, the goal with these vaccines is to kill the people you injured, call it COVID-19, burn the evidence. You know, we, they, we, the, the families can't go in. We can't see our elderly. They've taken all those people in long-term care facilities and they, they live too long. They live too long and they cost society a fortune. So the government's just decided to kill them all. And this is the operation, the military operation called COVID-19. And it will take out our military. It will take out the blacks, the first, um, the, the, the people who are most susceptible, which is what our work showed. So what our work showed and what um, Bobby Kennedy and Children's Health Defense wrote an article last week about, you know, you know, giving this to racial minorities is as if it's some kind of ethical thing. Oh, we're going to show justice. We're going to give them that vaccine first. No, you're going to kill them just like you did in Tuskegee, just like you did in the in the fraud on the MMR, which William Thompson confessed to that black boys developed autism at four point four fold the rate of of white girls and, and twice tw the twofold more than white boys. If given the vaccine, the MMR, which are three RNA viruses before they were three years old, they were more likely to die or develop neurodevelopmental mental disorders and autism and, and the likes. And those are the people right now, they're going to give this deadly COVID-19, which only expresses the envelope, the protein we found in our studies in 2011. Now they've engineered that into, they're calling it a vaccine, but into a murder weapon. And they're forcing it on the most vulnerable and they know they will kill people and, and people have already died. In, in these trials. So this is a big cover up. This is a destruction of our entire world. Um, and little did we know back in 2011 how important our realization had been and how many scientists had seen similar things in doctors over the decades. And um, and this is what Bobby's brilliant forward did, RFK, um, Bob, Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s forward, is about 24 pages long. And it was very healing to me because what it shows is how they discredit doctors, how they've every person who found a problem with vaccines um, ends up dead. Every person who dare or loses their career like mine. And there is a chapter in Plague of Corruption about this. So, yes, there's a lot of detail. And that's why Plandemic, the movie, was only supposed to be a promotion of this book. This book was supposed to come out November of 19. And it was delayed because 
um, Bobby hadn't finished the forward. And he, and he said, Judy, there's something missing. I'm not catching it. And he's a brilliant man. And as, as soon as um, we added a last chapter since he had read it. And so the last chapter, what I usually tell people to do is just read the last chapter. So I said, Bobby, I know you're busy um, and you can't read that thick book over again. So I said, just read the last chapter. And what does the last chapter say? Oh, there's something else I should tell you. And it's the big gotcha. We got all the samples. We saved all of them. We know exactly how you planned and perpetrated these crimes. And oh, by the way, we handed a hard drive, a big terabyte hard drive to our FBI and attorney generals in Nevada in, uh, in May of 2014. So our government could have prevented the Obama administration could have prevented COVID-19. It was all right there. It had every, it showed who the criminals were. It showed who was paid off. It showed who was involved. Terabyte hard drive of data and evidence. And that was what in the beginning, when you showed that clip in the beginning, I was telling in Plandemic Part 2 to Mickey Willis that was aired on August 18th. And you can watch the entire interview at plandemicseries.com. And so you can see also from freedomplatform.tv forward slash Mickey Willis on August 19th forward slash Willis and then freedomplatform.tv forward slash mm. Martin for David E. Martin, really the star of Plandemic 2, because he had all the data based on what I said in Plandemic 1, which came out May 4th. He had all the data to show this went all the way back to 2001, all the way back to the cover up of the Thompson fraud and the MMR injury. So what our data was, was a realization that, um, you know, literally um, the economy could not afford these damaged and injured kids. And because, you know, in here in our country, all liability was removed in 1986 by then President Ronald Reagan. That meant you couldn't sue a vaccine manufacturer for anything. You know, and this was on the heels of the deadly um, H1N1 1976, where the vaccine killed people. And that's what people are realizing that H1N1 was, you know, another fraud perpetrated on the on the world in order to continue to promote the development of these vaccines and the experimentation and really murder. I think it was really intended to drive the pharmaceutical engine, make everybody sick. As, and this is what the movie Plandemic Indoctrination showed, how this was planned back from the Rockefeller organization, how our governments, all our governments worldwide, the WHO was fully involved. So what happened on November 5th of 2019. That just happened to be the same time this book was supposed to publish. Well, at Johns Hopkins, they did a little quick run through called Event 201. Can we have the news media unleash a virus? And they even said coronavirus. They think we're all that stupid. And, and we predicted the future. 
So Bobby simply read the last chapter where it reads like prophecy. How did we know? This book published April 14th. All Mickey Willis and Elevate Films was supposed to do was April 14th. All they were supposed to do was make a little 28 million promotional video of the book. And it turned into a billion views and an explosion to, you know, to show this COVID-19. And what did they do? They, they The band just played on. They just continue to do it no matter what the data say, no matter that the, the tests are fraud, the PCR is meaningless, every scientist around the world coming out, and now scientists and even the former CEO of Pfizer saying this vaccine will sterilize. Uh, former vice president. Yeah, Mike, former vice president Mike of Pfizer. Eden. This vaccine is dangerous, will sterilize. And yet we just march on. We just go as if there's no reality. We're locked in our homes. We can't go out. The masks are killing people. That's our most recent mask. The, the, our book is called The Case Against the Masks. For 10 reasons why mask use should be limited. We didn't say don't wear masks ever, even though I isolated viruses from um, HIV, Ebola. You know, I've, I've worked with the most dangerous and I never got infected until 2010. I never wore a mask. We didn't wear a mask in a lab. We didn't lock down our labs. Why would you lock down a lab? Why would you lock down a lab? Oh, so people can't do the research to prove you're lying. So they get to lead the scenario, lock everybody in their homes, you know, stuff election boxes, stuff ballot boxes, um, destroy literally our entire country and our, our and our republic, and 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 at the same time murder millions, get us all under communism, and that's the that's the end of our world we'll have one world and and they'll murder millions and they're starting with the people they didn't murder the first time the the blacks the iv drug users the prostitutes the homeless the military um people of color everywhere um because these are the people that don't have that have um a, an inability to break down and degrade these viruses so now you're injecting that's what that's what the mmr study showed if you waited until black boys were in, in 2000 or 1999, 2001, if you waited until black boys were three years old before you gave them MMR, their relative risk of getting autism fell to that of white boys. Why? Because they had a, 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 a single nucleotide change. They had a polymorphism in a gene that was literally the Pac-Man for chewing up RNA viruses. So they still have that gene that means they can't chew up RNA viruses as effectively as everybody else. So why are you giving them an RNA vaccine first? Those should be the last people you give the vaccine because they're susceptible to the injury that we already know is killing people, the paralysis. We know the polio vaccine is the only cause of polio in our world for decades. This was what our data showed. This is what they have to cover up everything goes away and um and and literally our world as we know it should go back to natural healing and um and and you know health care that really is health care and not sick care and death care and so because people woke up with pandemic with our book with the efforts of the children's health defense fund dell big tree shows like yours um you know the high wire every thursday people are waking up 
So they have to lock everybody down and, and take away all their freedoms in order to get them to comply. And, and even still, most Americans will not comply. Sure. We won't bow down. Judy, just yeah. give me just a moment. I need to take a, I need to take a sip. Bye. Of, of, a sip, yeah. I, need, I need to take of, a sip of my of my drink. Um, there is a lot to take in. Um, yeah. You have some questions. I do, but I, I, I still need to continue your 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 train of thought here, um, right. <clears throat> if you don't mind. Sure. It, it sounds like, and I mean, I'm looking at the comments, and I'll come to those shortly. But it it sounds like you're wearing a tinfoil hat, um, and this was this was <laughs> this was the 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 uh, social media responses I've been getting for the last few right. days when I when I said that you're coming onto mm -hmm. my podcast. You've obviously mm -hmm. had that many times. Sure, but but in all of our books and in all of our papers and in that terabyte hard drive, the data are all there. This is not my opinion. Here are the data, the scientific data. So in every single criticism fact checker, and this is what Nikki Willis and the team at Elevate Films did so well. They interviewed 30, 40 more scientists who said no. She said nothing wrong. Yeah, that's scientifically an accurate statement. You can see how somebody might interpret it differently, but the data support that interpretation. And yet all we get from the government is models. I'm not talking about models. I'm talking about facts, data, hardcore data, showing the expression of the viruses, showing the associated with the disease. People with SARS-CoV-2, 99.8% of the people don't have any symptoms at all. Therefore, there is no COVID-19. That's not a disease. An infection is not a disease. That was my work in HIV AIDS. HIV does not cause AIDS. Why do I say that? Because in order to be a causative agent for a disease, every single person with the agent, with the virus, has to have the disease. Or there's cofactors and other causes. We know that 99.8% of the people that are called cases in COVID-19 by a faulty, um, false, 97% false positive PCR test in the very least. Um, the inventor of PCR, the late Dr. Carrie Mullis said, no, that's not used for diagnosis of disease. It's not quantitative. You see these papers say viral lo load. No, 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 you have no idea what the viral load is. And 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 other scientists in those, uh, like I said, Dell Bigtree on the highwire.com every Thursday. It's 11 o'clock Pacific Coast time, so it's right about the time you started this show. Every Thursday, he goes in and talks to scientists around the world who show that data and show that every word I've ever said is true. So the only thing that's ever been done to me is to arrest me, you know, have me sounding like a lunatic running for my life, being followed, you know, the stories, and yet not, you know, and in in the cut in the um, in the 
forward or new front material of our paperback book, which came out in 2017, we had realized a little bit more of Tony Fauci's role in all of this. And then in 2019, as I said in that clip in the beginning of the show, I gave a talk October 13th of 2019 at the Truth About Cancer, so TTAC. Um, it was called the live event. It was in Anaheim, California. And that talk is available. You can go to Ty and Charlene Bollinger's website, The Truth About Cancer, The Truth About Vaccines in 2019. And the title they gave me to talk about was Persecution and Cover-Up. And all I did was go back to the newspaper, the journal Science, the magazine, and show how they discredited me. Not one word was ever said about the data. I only talk about data. So you could say I wear a tinfoil hat and, you know, believe me, every single event in that book is true. They've never said one word. So why wouldn't I get a day in court? Why wouldn't I just, why wouldn't the FBI and the attorney generals simply hand over that terabyte hard drive? I have the receipt. The exact day in May, the, my criminal lawyer, David Folan, was one of the lawyers in um, Plandemic 2 indoctrination. He was the sweet silver-haired guy, um, excellent criminal lawyer. He knows he's been with me since um, uh, probably 2014, 13 or 14. He wasn't the, I didn't get a lawyer in jail, so I didn't have a criminal lawyer. I only paid him a thousand dollars to stand in front of me so they wouldn't take the picture of me and post it in the journal science. So everything that was done and I showed in that slideshow was, was, was fraud. It was, it's fake news. So now we appreciate our journals are fake news. And I think we can see that all the way through you know, COVID-19, the data don't support what's being done. The masks don't stop spread of a virus. It's like a chain link fence stopping a mosquito. They only make you sicker. And we know this all the way back to 1918 and the great influenza. The masks drove the disease because they're contaminated. They're not sterile. You don't touch a mask. You don't wear a mask all day long. <coughs> and, um, and deplete your oxygen, you hear my cough. That's, I've had, I've had pleurisy and it's called bronchiolitis, inflammation mm. of the bronchi since I was a little kid. I've sorry. always had it. I sorry, Judy, I need, to, I need to sit 1.5 meters away from you. <laughs> um, yep. uh, I'm actually just spraying a really <clears throat> nice hydrochloris, a stable hydrochloris, and that's like, and that will stop me from coughing. Um, you, so, it's just twenty dollars a month. You don't need to worry about. That. You dropped a Judy. You dropped a a, a bomb in mid sentence, and I can't let that one just slide. Um, okay. One of our one of our former presidents, Tabum Berkey, uh, is remembered as the HIV uh, or the AIDS denying or sorry, AIDS denying the AIDS denialist president because he very infamously said that HIV doesn't cause AIDS. Now, you just, you just literally said that a few moments ago. Right. And, we, and I, as a scientist and an individual, I knew that from my PhD thesis research um, because that's what my thesis research showed. Um, that um, at the molecular level, that HIV didn't cause AIDS. And all I said was, because you could have HIV, we knew there were millions of people worldwide walking around with HIV, and we knew if the macrophage didn't get infected, if they had a certain 
deletion. Like I mentioned, the blacks had a certain substitution that made them more susceptible to RNA viruses. Well, this population had a, a different substitution that made them far less not susceptible at all. So they were walking around with high viral loads, tons of HIV, and all you did was keep it out of the macrophage. That was my PhD thesis, November 14, 1991. So all the way back then, we knew HIV did not cause AIDS. And 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 another colleague who's, um, he was uh, not a colleague, but um, somebody who said the same thing in this country was the scientist Peter Duisberg. And, and Dr. Peter Duisberg said the same thing, HIV does not cause AIDS. And he was, you know, and all I knew is he was that quack that was wearing a tinfoil hat. So we've 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 reconnected with him over the years and I've been able to say to him, you know, Peter, you were right. And, and we knew we we knew people were right. But we drink the Kool-Aid. I was a kid. You know, I'm 23 years old when I first start isolating HIV from people. Um, you know that I, I'm a kid and I'm drinking the Kool-Aid a lot like our kids right now. We're saying, oh, we have to be afraid of this. No, we don't have to be afraid of this COVID. It's the common cold, folks. You know, I, cough, cough, sneeze, sneeze. Sorry, I, I feel like I feel like I've <laughs> like the hair on my arms. Judy is standing up because this is something you don't ever say out loud. I mean, someone in the comments has just said, oh God, was Tarvin Becky correct when he said HIV uh -huh. doesn't cause AIDS? Yes, he was. And, 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 it, and the, the AIDS epidemic was driven by the hepatitis B vaccine program. And you can see it very clearly in the movie the band played on. And watch the movie The Dallas Buyers Club. Yes, watch with Matthew, movie, with Matthew McConaughey. Buyers. Yeah. And that was only a few years ago, right? And what were they doing? They were trying to buy peptide T and other drugs. They were like cannabis and other therapies. They were being denied and they were being forced toxic doses of AZT. Not that AZT couldn't be used in a way that could help some people, but toxic doses. So what what does that remind you of? Oh, we're being denied hydroxychloroquine type one interferon all the way back then. Type one interferon was my first job. That could have cured AIDS. That could have cured or prevented the spread to millions of people in Africa. We could have used drugs to stop the spread of the disease. And what did we do? We used vaccines to drive the spread of the disease in the most susceptible and ultimately killed millions. And that was what our discovery of XMRVs, anybody, XMRVs had contaminated the blood supply since the nation of our 2009 paper by Shai Shing Lo and Harvey Alter, when they saw our science paper, October 9th of two, 8th of 2009, they simply went to a box in the freezer they kept for 20 years that said non-HIV AIDS. It was women. It was children. It was people that didn't meet the demographic they were telling us. Who's susceptible? Only gays, IV drug, oh, and those people over in Africa who forgot how to hunt their food or cook their meat, their chimpanzees. You know, doesn't this sound like the same narrative played over again 20 years later? Now we get remdesivir forced on us, a vaccine forced on us when we have simple therapies 
We, I have an interferon spray that I can simply spray in my mouth, knowing full well I'm one of the lab workers who got infected by the XMRVs. They're spread through coughing. So what do you do? You prevent somebody from coughing. You don't cripple their immune system with a mask. Their CD4 T cells, what did AIDS patients get? You know, AIDS is gonna go back and rise through the world, HIV. And I, one of my friends told me this morning, one of her young daughter's friends was HIV positive from birth and he loves vaccines and he's gonna line up for this vaccine. They will kill him. We will spread HIV back through the world um, because we will, we will allow it to be expressed in the people in whom it is currently dormant. And we are crippling our very immune systems with the masks, with the shots, with the flu vaccine. The flu vaccine is what this caused this disease, not SARS-CoV-2. Yes, there were viruses released from labs. Yes, that's been going on for three decades, and I was at the heart of that. That's why I become such a highly censored enemy, because I'm not. A, I, I might wear a tinfoil hat because it protects, protects me from 5G. <laughs> But I don't know. So uh, it doesn't look good. I, I usually wear baseball hats. But at any rate, um, the, the, the fact of the matter is everything I'm saying is fact. In, in the three books we've written, not one fact has ever been disputed. Why don't you give me a day in court? Why don't we get discovery? Why don't we just take that little terabyte hard drive, of which I have many copies, I'm not stupid, um, and there are many copies around the world. And that's what I told Bobby when he read it, said, just read the lap chapter. Because my friend told me, another friend told me when she read the draft of the book, she said, Judy, you can't publish that. It doesn't have a dead, man dead man's trigger. And I said, what the hell is that? And she said, you got to have the the hand grenade, you've got to have the vest on, you've got to have the detonate switch, otherwise they'll kill you. So all I did was uh, uh, call, okay, we're writing one more chapter. Here you go. And I just dictate the chapter. And then he turned it into the last three pages of the book where I told the whole world, we handed him a, tera a terabyte hard drive that proves every word I'm saying in May of 2014. We know from the data from Wuhan, we know from what Tony Fauci funded and continues to fund with Ian Lipkin and the Institute. You know, we know every one of the people who are publishing fraud and have reinterpreted, as I mentioned, our work, our data, and published it as something else to say, no, no, it was never an infectious virus. It was never a transmissible virus. Can you imagine 2011, you've got cough, cough, cancer. You've got cough, cough, autism. You've got cough, cough, M-E-C-F-S. What was that box in the freezer that low altar pulled out and validated our work from the same patients a few months after our paper came out? And then the, the, the corrupt journey, I mean, the corrupt journals, the journals are commercials for big pharma. So the journal shut down me, the Journal of Science. They shut down PNAS, um, Proceedings of the National Academy of Science. They shut down 
um, Harvey Alter's work. They stopped it, tried to stop it from being published until they could spin enough negative stories to make everybody think I'm just that lady in a tinfoil hat and to make people think I was discredited. But the fact of the matter is that box of non-HIV AIDS was XMRV's 86% positive. So there is another virus that had contaminated another family of retroviruses. HIV has many strains, many clades, many things, just like coronaviruses. That's why this PCR test is fraud. It's not one virus. It's not SARS-CoV-2. That's not a single piece of data to support that. The PCR test only takes the fragment that's similar across all families and, um, and amplifies it. That's not an infectious virus. That's not proving anybody got sick. They haven't isolated it from a sick human or a dead human and showed it caused the disease. You isolate it, you semi-purify it, and then you inject it in somebody else and see if they get sick. That's never been done in COVID-19. So um, this is the big cover-up, and this is why you know shows like yours are really important. And I just applaud your audience for listening, even though I forgot my tinfoil hat, because it's really important that people wake up and do their research and look at, at what the truth really is. And what you're going to find is that the journals are commissioning and publishing fraud. They paid tens of millions of dollars to these investigators who, you know, signed off on fraudulent papers. You know, they they threatened, you know, me and my colleagues with their lives. And those of us who refused to sign off, we lost our professional lives. Max, um, um, Dr. Rossetti, he was forced into retirement. This man is arguably the, the, the world's most renowned scientist. He discovered disease causing that the whole field of human retrovirology was the first to isolate an infectious disease causing transmissible retrovirus. We would not have saved millions around the world without his skills and teaching those to me and Luc Montagnier because we wouldn't have been able to isolate HIV. It's not that HIV isn't involved in the disease, it's that HIV doesn't cause the disease and that's not how it spread around the world. It's not that HIV didn't exist and some people didn't get sick and die, but the people who died were the people who got both XMRVs and HIVs from contaminated vaccines and contaminated blood supplies, and then um, were prevented from getting the treatments and spread the disease around the world, literally. Um, and that's, that would be the vaccine programs of Bill Gates. You know, this philanthropy, don't, you know, be confused, folks. They don't care about black people or they would have never injected a little black boy before he was three. That was the point in 2014 when I learned that on August 31st, 2014. That's when we started this book and our first book, Plague, we started the day after I got out of jail. So with Plague, you know, it was published in late 2014. 
but it was already impressed. And I thought it was just the blood supply contaminated and they were covering up that part of it. And that shouldn't have been a problem because we showed them the technology to clean up the blood supply. So we didn't appreciate it had anything to do with vaccines until I saw Brian Hooker and showed what William Thompson at the CDC and all levels of our Centers for Disease Control had covered up for 20 years. And, and, and the cover up was, you know, that in injecting, injecting, you know, people who couldn't degrade certain viruses with an, animal tissue containing other viruses and glyphosate and aluminum and mercury. There's lots of toxins in vaccines that cripple the immune system and were driving disease. So if you knew in 2001 that all you have to do to reduce the relative risk of a black boy, baby boy, getting any kind of neuroimmune disease, autism, uh, psychosis, ADHD, or even SIDS death, even death, you can't call it SIDS because they're over one year old. So even death by these vaccines, all you had to do was not give a black child that vaccine before they were three years old and their uh, their detox machinery their pac-men the 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 genes that the the proteins the interferons the rna cells the proteins that actually degrade those viruses when they enter your blood rna in your blood is a danger signal we have many many immune responses to say gone pac-man just chew it up and it's gone and so when you know that all they had to do was admit to that with our discovery in 2011 and what they chose to do. You know, once we realized what was wrong and what they chose to do was cover it up. That's, you know, they censored the science for 20 years or we would have had a solution because we knew about RNA cell and the susceptibilities to XMRVs. We knew we could have saved millions of lives. That's when you know it's pure evil. That's when you know it's a plague of corruption. And that's why we call it a pandemic. The last chapter of that book that, that Bobby read that day and said, oh my God. And then he went back and read the whole book. So tell your audience, don't start with chapter one. Mm. Start with the last chapter and you won't be able to stop. Because what we added was, maybe there's one more story I should tell you. And that last story was the story of, we handed the FBI a terabyte hard drive Frank Rossetti, who was told to throw away all the data and burn all the samples, if he had done that, we, we'd, never, we'd never have a book, we'd never have a story, we'd never have a chance of saving a single human being from this plague of corruption because they would have burned and destroyed all the evidence and I wouldn't even be sitting here talking to you. I'd, I'd just be that crazy lady. Um, Judy, we've gone over time, but I really would love to... Okay. I, I, would, I would really love to keep you for a little bit longer if, if you got some Oh, you may. I don't schedule anything except for, a, I give a couple hours. All right, So wonderful. I don't have a couple <clears throat> No, because so I, um, I can't let you go now. It's not, it's not ethical. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've got, there are a huge amount of comments and questions. I cannot get to them, but there is one person that I need to address. Um, okay. he, he's going by the name, well, well, he's going under a pseudonym, so I don't know what his real name is. He apparently interned under you and he's calling you a charlatan he says that his real name was mentioned in your first book plague on page uh -huh. 23 i forget what the other page is 
he's saying that everything that you're saying is a lie um and mm -hmm. that and that you are are running the anti-vax narrative to make money mm -hmm. let me tell you about this young man so yes we used his name we used my three he was a summer student in 2000 in the summer of 2006 maybe seven both i don't think both summers so what I mentioned, and we did mention his name in the book, and we actually emailed. That was a book plague. That wasn't plague mm. of corruption. Mm. That was that was uh, came out in 2014. So we emailed everybody and we said, "Hey, you know, here's the book. Here's the advance." Um, I never saw this young man again after his summer student. He, I wrote him a real nice letter of recommendation to go to college. He was a high school student at the time, or or just an enter, uh, uh, yeah, a high school student at the time. He wasn't yet 18 years old. And every word I said in that book, what he did for me was he was. We were categorizing samples in a freezer in Dan Peterson's office. Every word of that is true. Not one of the other two summer students, uh, Katie or um, Dave, not one of those other two students said one word. They said, sure, you can use, you know, my name. Yeah, proud to have worked with you. Um, you know, I've been in touch. They both went to medical school based on, you know, our work and our integrity. This was 2006 before there was a neuroimmune institute and all we were simply doing was meeting with patients in dr peterson's office every single day talking to them taking blood um and and taking various samples saliva and other things in order to see if in fact um there were um viruses there that that's every word of it is true there's absolutely i'm not using every word of every book is true nothing i said okay i used his name you know, so he wrote me a letter this year, this year, not in 2014, when the book that made nothing comes out, none, none, no books make money. And he's like, I want royalties. You mentioned my name. I'm going to extort you and saying you're a charlatan and you made this all up. Well, the fact of the matter is um, um, that it's I didn't make it up. Prove one word I said about you isn't true. You know, you got a life, you got a nice letter of recommendation. What are you doing? Oh, are you working for China? Are you working for a vaccine manufacturer? Who's paying you right now to say, I don't know what I'm talking about. And how do you know it all? Because you never had anything to do with the institute or the lab. He never once walked in an institute or a lab of that I worked in. The lab was a dirt on the ground in 2006. He simply worked in Incline Village in Dr. Peterson's office, you know, for a summer. And 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 this is what he's, um, you know, spreading his garbage. I don't care what he says. The fact of the matter is, the fact of the matter is, every word of that book is true. Say that's not true. Dr. Peterson didn't say it's true. Dr. Peterson said he interned that summer mm. and he did the the samples. I can show you exact work he did. I still have the data of exactly the assignment, you know, because again, they didn't succeed at stealing all the notebooks. So, you know, I really don't care what he says. He's out there right now trying mm. to extort money out of people and 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 trying to give himself a big name because, you know, this was this was 15 years ago, 2006. Oh, so he didn't make anything of his life? <laughs> yeah, really? Wrote you a nice recommendation you got in college, didn't you? Mm. You know, you did your little Berkeley game, didn't you? Oh, okay. Not not once did he 
Did he ever come back to me and, and say, oh, sorry to hear what happened to you, Dr. Mikovits, in 2011 or um, 2014 when the first book came out? It's been out for six years. You know, now mm. did his bosses put him up to that? He works for a virus, a vaccine company. He works for a chemical company, so he can he can say whatever he wants. You know, fine, get on shows and spread your spread your your garbage. It only yeah. makes you look doesn't I, make me look bad. No, less. I'm not going to continue uh, with him. I just wanted to bring him up. He's he's going. Yeah. He's going quite quite berserk in the comments, so I'm going to ignore him Oh, sure, because but say one thing of substance. You can mm. let him go berserk in the con. What is he saying? Does he say no? That's not true. I didn't work in Dan's Peterson's office. Does he say no? I didn't correlate samples and learn how to purify blood and make saliva and put things in little vials in a freezer. Did he say anything about that? What exactly did you no. do for that job? No, you know. Ach no, yeah. he just says he just spits vile about about me. He just mm. spits vile, and that's all the Washington Post do. Hey, you know, better men than that, like Tony Fauci and uh, Ian Lipkin and John Coffin and Michael Bush. You know, Nobel Prize winners have spit vile at me. Do you think I care no. if, if a punk spits vile at me? I don't care what anybody says. Now, my mother raised me not to. You know, nope. The only thing that matters is the truth. I don't care what anybody says. You do what is right, Judy Mike. That's what I do. Yeah, I don't want to spend too much time um, on him, but someone pointed out just saying that he claimed that you contaminated samples of some sort. I, I don't know the story there. He, he, has, he has no... What's the claim to support that? How can mm. I contaminate something when, when we didn't even have a lab then? We were working in Dan Peterson's office isolating mm. blood from people, taking blood from people and putting mm. it in the freezer. What were we actually contaminating? Was I, there was no XMRB mm. then. There was no nothing then. Right. How can I contaminate? We published that paper. Our first evidence of XMRV was, was 2008 and early 2009. He was nowhere near any lab. So, mm. yeah. No. Anyway. I, how right. could I contaminate? He, Enough. He, you know, how do I contaminate anything? Enough about so. him. I don't want to give him too much attention. Um, I want to just quickly, really I, I want to come back Judy, if you don't mind, uh, just to obviously the major talking point of 2020, and that's COVID-19. Now, please understand something. I am not an expert, but I have spent a good few months reading and uh, as much as I possibly can. Um, I, I think I know um, a fair amount. I certainly know more than the average politician. There's no doubt about that. Um, I, for example, know that in South Africa, our PCR um, amplification cycles are around about 37, which I understand is way too high. And I know that mm -hmm. across Europe, it's about 35 to 40. And I know that in the US, it's also somewhere between 35 to 40. And I know that Fauci himself said that anything above 35 is essentially junk science. Um, right. Which, and really at 30, between 30 and 35 is junk science. Really, you usually stop that logarithmically around... Uh, 25 cycles if something's going to be positive you'll see it so what that essentially means and i this is kind of what i've been saying the last few days and it's it's very politically incorrect and it's something that nobody wants to um accept but i've kind of been joining the dots and tell me if i'm correct but it appears to me that this entire this entire pandemic is basically hinging on PCR tests 
and if you can f- if you can show that the PCR testing is completely flawed, the entire house of cards collapses. Absolutely correct, and and that has been shown and admitted. And and yet the the house of cards hasn't collapsed; they just move forward. Yeah, it's that it's that, that dormant that's paper. That's been known for that's been known for the entire time. And 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 last week on the highwire.com, Dell Bigtree talked to two scientists um, in in Europe, um, and and they literally laid out that scenario and and showing and the scientist who actually developed that test himself admitted it was um not to be used for diagnosis not a diagnostic of a disease Mm. cannot not not um, determine viral load it is not a quantitative test it never has been that's why we didn't use that test in our work we use Mm. quantitative measures and we use isolation and protein proof we didn't use pcr um that was our colleague bob silverman who insisted that be in our paper and and um that was that was the um you know he got paid off as well Okay, but then what's going on? What is going on, Judy? Um, because none a of bunch this... of healthy people are going to be murdered. People with healthy people don't have a disease. Yeah. yeah. So, 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 so the numbers are positive doesn't mean you have COVID-19. Yes. A that case, a case doesn't mean not... infection. Correct. Does right. not mean infection. So what is going on is is, you know, literally the brainwashing of a society and fear that's why i'm having my shirt we have nothing to fear Mm. you know now we're all germaphobes it's not the germ it's the landscape it's your immune system keep your immune system healthy so what have they done they've crippled our immune system they've isolated us they forced us into mass they it's clear 99.9 percent of the people aren't getting sick so the people that they say are covid positive they're not sick you can't be covid positive if you're not sick, the D in COVID means disease, the presence of a virus. You know, they don't touch, test those millions of Americans walking around HIV and say they have AIDS, right? They don't have AIDS, they have HIV. That's why we talked about it. HIV does not cause AIDS. XMRVs don't cause neuroimmune disease. You have to have other cofactors because if a if a virus is going to cause a disease, every person with evidence of infection has to be sick. And in COVID-19, nobody's sick. It's the biggest crime of perpetrated fraud against humanity ever. People so, aren't sick. So what have what have 200,000 or 250,000 Americans died of, or in South Africa, 21,000 for that matter? Um, they say, they say they're P- COVID deaths. P&I, pneumonia and influenza from all causes. And you can go, and so it's the flu. So it's viral, um, bacterial, it could be um, RSV, respiratory syncytial virus, it can be influenza viruses, it can be coronaviruses, there are many, many, many of these. You know, um, pneumonia, bacteria, um, many, many bacterial causes of upper respiratory infections. Um, Those deaths this year, um, the CDC, um, and cardiovascular disease, and 
um, lung disease and cancer. So, but just on those 250,000 deaths, the CDC actually said that 22,000 people died in this country, in the United States this year, of PNI. That's pneumonia and influenza. They lump it all in, all causes of upper respiratory infection, which would always have included coronaviruses, always. And now they've taken 250 of those and left only 22,000. Every year, about 100,000 people die of flu. That's pneumonia and influenza, PNI it's called, in their database. And, and I can actually send you the data. Um, and a show I did with, a, with um, uh, uh, Jason Goodman, and I'll find that for you, the link for you, and email it to you. So that show, Please. Um, this year, the CDC lied and said only 22,000 people died of pneumonia and influenza, of flu of all causes, upper respiratory infections. And normally that's at least 80,000 people in this country. Well, with that new flu vaccine that they, that they used on the Italians and the Swiss that had H1N1 and three other strains grown in dog kidney cells, the manufacturing plant where there were um, there's a lot of coronaviruses in dogs. So they, they literally, that's why I call it infection by injection. The people died from the PNI caused by the 2019 flu vaccines. And, and 18 and 17. And what are they pushing on us in this country? Flu vaccines. Oh, we have COVID, get your flu shot. Well, the publications show that if you get a flu shot, you have an increased risk of developing, of getting a SARS-CoV-2 that leads to disease. Why? You've, infect, you've injected live vi attenuated viruses. They're weakened, but you, inv you injected four live upper respiratory infections along with bacteria. You're growing these in dog cells. You're, 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 the, the kidney, every huh? flu vaccine is dirty. Yeah, the kidney, because kidneys are your detox. That's where a lot of viruses um, um, go. So it, they grow really well in those cells. Um, we don't know why exactly, but we've, done, we've used those cells. And in America, we use chicken eggs. So in America, we use chicken eggs. And chickens have deadly coronaviruses, one called IBV. And they don't test for it, you know, and it can destroy whole flocks. And it's a highly contagious coronavirus. So right. the answer to your question is flu vaccines are spreading the coronaviruses and COVID-19 is really flu season in 2019 and 20, which is five times the normal flu season of only 80,000 deaths. So it's not that it wasn't a deadly flu season, but it was caused by the injections, not by um, people spreading coronavirus without masks. This is ridiculous. So what, hold on, Judy. Are you saying that then, if, if I'm understanding you, that the uh, large amount of deaths that occurred in Italy, for example, earlier this year was related to last year's flu vaccine? Yeah, 2019 and 20, yeah. And it wasn't last year. It was really this year because our flu season is is um, October. So, but yeah, that's how these viruses are spreading through the world. Yes, and in the United States, the flu vaccines. 
because the elderly are forced to get them and now you put them in masks. So you're going to shed a lot more live virus and you've crippled your immune system. So if you're one of the compromised people and you get a flu shot and wear a mask, it can kill you. And it did. And I and that's the chapter in our book, Plague of Corruption, that talks about the corruption of vaccine court. That's, you know, all liability was removed. Mm. So the in people and we've done case after case of the elderly dying from the flu shots. Um, not, you know, from all causes of death from the flu shots. People can't handle that level of inflammatory stimulus who are compromised. They can't suppress the infection. They die. But okay, All right. So let me read you a comment then from, from Laura, Judy. She says, okay. uh, but flu gets better with meds. Uh, with COVID, you can be on antibiotics and you still stay, still stay sick. Trust me, I'm going through it currently. I've never felt so sick for so long. Um, flu doesn't get better with antibiotics because it's a virus. Antibiotics are, are bacteria. Um, but COVID gets better with hydroxychloroquine, quercetin, vitamin D, zinc, um, and a Z-pack for the contaminating bacteria. And you've been sick for so long because they've denied you the treatments. They've denied you the hydroxychloroquine. They've denied you the anything other than the drugs. So COVID, it has nothing to do with SARS-CoV-2. Yes, those are deadly vaccines, and there's a lot of gar- there's a lot of coronaviruses and a lot of other garbage. Flu doesn't get better when you get the flu shot every year. A lot of people get sick, and they just everybody says, "Oh, it's not bacteria; it's a virus." So antibiotic is the wrong therapy. You need to get the right therapy for a viral infection, and that's been denied us. You know, did that person who's sick get a flu shot in the last three years? Uh, she says she's never had a flu vaccine. But then again, never have I. Good. That's that. Yeah. And so, uh, again, um, you know, nobody's saying these viruses, but it's not SARS-CoV-2. You know, it's not COVID. We're just, um, you know, yeah, she's got a bad virus. She's got a bad flu. That's what she's got. Judy, so does sure. Um, I feel like I feel like my my head's going to explode because I I can't take it all in. But does SARS-CoV-2, which is the virus, does that does the infection cause COVID nineteen? I, I, I absolutely not. Absolutely not. No data to support that. Meaning, every person with the virus has to have the disease. You're using the cause word, and who gets sick? People with comorbidities, people with high blood pressure, people with um, lung disease to start with, like me. I always have to protect myself from every upper respiratory infection every year. Always have, always will. No, COVID is not caused by SARS-CoV-2. It's caused by the measures uh, and, and um, you know, viral and bacterial infections by wearing masks, by getting vaccines. That's what it's caused by. And we know that. Okay. That's the data support that. All right. So I, I, I can't believe I'm asking this question, but does COVID-19 exist? 
Oh, yeah, the disease. The disease is a political one. The disease is the masks. The disease are the lockdown. The disease is we can't get healthy food. The disease is we can't um, get treatment for an upper respiratory infection. We can't get the appropriate treatment. We can't go to the hospital. Can't, you know, yeah, COVID-19 is, is um, crimes against humanity. It's an attempt to murder um, millions of people, the weakest in our society who they've already injured with decades of, of contaminated vaccines. Decades, not just one, decades. You know, why would they say, you know, on TV, oh, stop the spread, um, wear your mask, stay six feet apart. Yeah, you know, viruses don't spread through the air. The mask is clearly from all the data from personal protective equipment. The mask is driving immune suppression. Your mask makes you sick. My mask makes me sick. And the viruses go right through them. And then you are getting sick. Nobody's saying there aren't upper respiratory infections every year. There are upper respiratory infections, RNA viruses, which we never bother to check. I'm sure that COVID went through our country in the last, the last flu season, more like the summer and fall of 2019, because several of my friends got a very tough cough. Yeah, you get exposed to things and, and, and they were quite sick. Um, but um, it's the failure to get the appropriate treatment. It's using the ventilators. You don't use ventilators, you give them oxygen. You know, you don't put somebody on a plane where they're under oxidative stress and, um, and there's, you know, the air's already um, contaminated with jet fuel, you're breathing closed air and put them in a mask. No, you give them oxygen. And yet all of these, so the mask is driving the disease the vaccines are driving the disease, and that's what you hear on commercial. Oh, we can stop the spread, be kind, stop the spread. No, you're not being kind. You're actually making other people sick as you make yourself sick. Remember, if you're not coughing, I don't care what a PCR test says. You look perfectly well to me. I'm perfectly well. I don't have a fever. I, sh I always have a cough, but... <laughs> I rarely get a fee. Uh, <coughs> so, um, but the, if you're not sick, if you're a healthy person, you're not spreading COVID-19. You're not spreading SARS-CoV-2. Healthy people riding a bike aren't spreading disease across the sidewalk six feet apart. That's ridiculous. That makes absolutely no sense in any virology ever. We've coexisted. You know, uh, with co we've coexisted with coronaviruses, with retroviruses, with these viruses for millions of years. And, and the infection is not the disease. The answer is keep your immune system healthy. To that listener, vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc, quercetin, are, you know, don't eat GMOs, don't eat inflammatory um, foods, um, you know, go out for exercise, get in the sunshine, don't ever wear a mask, you'll be well in no time. Um, eat chicken soup. What did our grandmother say? You know, chicken soup, eat healthy food, eat non-GMO. This is how you prevent, you know, 
COVID-19 2021, because you can you can be guaranteed they're going to keep causing another one because no single strain of just like HIV doesn't cause AIDS. And there are hundreds of strains of HIV. Nobody PCR tests everybody and says, do you have EBZ, EBV? Do you have XMRV? Do you have HIV? Do you have, you know, does anybody do any of these tests for all of those viruses we've been exposed to for our entire life? No, because the infection is not the disease. So no, SARS-CoV-2 does not cause COVID-19. And COVID-19, the disease, is upper respiratory infections that haven't been treated appropriately because everybody's locked in their houses and kept away from the appropriate treatment just like the early AIDS patients spread that around the world because they were kept from type one interferons, from peptide T, from, from the therapeutics that would have worked and they were forced to take things they, that wouldn't work. So the, the analogies we've been making the last hour are, are, are trying to wake people up you know, to see this, you know, the germ theory is long dead. The germ doesn't cause the disease. And, and I appreciate people are sick and people are dying. But here in this country, a paper was published at Johns Hopkins by a mathematician, a, a lady named Brian, B-R-I-A-N-D. I think it was a woman. Sorry, I didn't look at the publication, but I mean the, the authors. But it was a couple of weeks ago, and Johns Hopkins retracted the paper. And what she showed is, oh, cardiovascular COVID um, ended the flu. Now we have no more flu season because we have one-fifth the deaths we normally do from flu. That's for the CDC's own numbers. Only 22,000 people died of influenza and pneumonia this year. Oh, we eradicated the, the flu with COVID. Oh, and, and, and we've, 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 um, we've um, stopped heart disease. Five-fold fewer people have died of heart disease this year or lung disease or cancer. And they're all called COVID. They didn't die of COVID. You know, they're just siphoning the numbers and calling them that. And they keep reporting these cases on the TV. They're reporting a case where they test the same person 10 times. They call it 10 cases. And five mm. of them were negative and five were positive. They just, you know, they're testing. They're, they're destroying athletes on the field. They're, 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 you know, you can't come back until you test negative, test positive. You know, the test's all fraud. We don't, we don't diagnose a disease based on tests. A disease is sickness. Sickness. Sometimes. If you're perfectly well, by definition, you're not sick. If you're not coughing, if you don't have a flu, if you don't have an intestinal bug, you know, we get these things all the time. That's, um, you know, so there is no disease in COVID-19. Elon Musk said about two weeks ago, he sent out a tweet saying that he, um, he was tested by the same nurse with the same equipment on the same day four times. And he got two negative results and two positive results. And it, and, <laughs> right. And it made world news. Yeah. And, and so this is what people are realizing. People are testing, you know, papayas are testing positive. You know, you don't, you, you don't, you don't do PCR by, by putting a nasal swab up your nose. You don't run a nasal swab all the way up your nose. That nasal swab went up your nose. It's somebody standing in a parking lot. It's not sterile. 
What did what what are you doing putting these things up people's nose? You can give them meningitis. If you really want to see if there's an infectious virus, spit in a tube. Those are the samples, by the way, that that young summer intern did. Oh, he, he watched while people spit in a tube. Exactly what did we contaminate? Because if you spit in a tube, you're going to be able to find infectious virus. And then you take that spit from a tube and you infect a cell and see if it gets infected, you know, with the virus. And then isolate that virus and show if you give that virus in a concentrated amount to somebody else, they get a disease. You spit in a tube. You don't put a contaminated nasal swab up your nose. That's how you tell what 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 is there. And again, and, and this is the everything about the testing is fraud. And the contamination is at the level of that Q-tip, that swab, those things. We're standing in parking lots. We're doing drive-through. They're telling us to go outside and eat our food. How is that healthy when you're sitting shivering in the cold in a restaurant? Of course you're going to get sick. You know, this is nuts. The problem... The problem, Judy, is that um, despite the fact that the entire world is reading off the same script, I mean, uh, we've got lockdowns here. Um, we've got various regions around the country that aren't allowed to leave their house after 10 o'clock at night. Uh, they call them hotspots. There's a new term that's used in the media called super spreader. Have you heard yeah. that term? It's ridiculous. Yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. They just make up. They just... Uh, None of the terms mean anything. They just make up new words. They called they called chronic fatigue syndrome, myalgic encephalomyelitis, strongly associated with gamma retroviruses. Strongly, ten with about twenty zeros after it in our paper, and the the journal Science wouldn't even let us say um, highly associated. You know, so so here you are. They call that long haul COVID. Oh, wait a minute. Is what I said true? Oh, you activate the expression of the dormant viruses that have been in you for years yeah. because you're crippling your immune system and it's outfection and you're making yourself sick as you wear that mask <coughs> and you keep breathing in that same virus you just had and then you get MECFS. Oh, and now it's long haul COVID. Oh, now it's somehow something to do with a coronavirus and not a retrovirus because the scientists made the retrovirus go away. And remember, I'm chronic fatigue syndrome was fraud since HIV when the women and children were getting sick. That's the key of the whole thing. They're going to kill millions because they did it. This goes back to COVID-19 is a covert operation to cover up the the four decades, the, the fraud that was HIV. We all bought that narrative. We all bought the narrative of the Ebola, the Zika, the H1N1. We, we bought these narratives of how, you know, these populations somehow deserved or stopped learning. You know, come on, a bat in a seafood market. That's almost as bad as the last chapters of our book where we talk about the cutter incident. You know, you've got this African warrior and he's in, he's in, he cuts himself and he spreads this virus around the world. Come on. Are we as a society and a people that stupid? Is the greatest lie ever told right now, COVID-19, and the lies that have been told over the last four decades? You know, we believed it. We believed those 
gays and IV drug use, they brought that on themselves by their sin. You know, okay. And it was, so we could accept that. And then, and then uh, we can accept it if, you know, anthrax after 9-1-1. We can accept that we can make a vaccine that's murdering the military troops because that anthrax vaccine in the late 90s and early 2000s was so deadly. You know, we can just, we can just sacrifice our military, our first responders, our health care workers in order to cover up that their families are getting sick because there is infectious transmissible virus. And it's largely been driven for, you know, now um, almost 75 years since, you know, chapter five of our first book on the first cases of MECFS. You know, we never heard of, of Lou Gehrig's disease. You know, Alzheimer's, all of us had, maybe you didn't, but I, my grandfathers, my grandmothers, my family lived till they, they were 108 Native Americans. They were strong, strong, strong people. They had their full brains, every one of them, 95 when they died. Not one person in my family ever got cancer or dementia. What we've learned in science over the last 20 years is natural infections strengthen your immune system. So everything we've done now is to cripple our immune system so that we can't respond to whatever we're exposed to. And if we let this continue, it'll be 21, 22. They'll, there, there are a lot of viruses. I'm not saying there aren't deadly viruses. That mm. deadly Ebola that killed 21,000 people in Sierra Leone in 2014, that came out of Fort Detrick, you know, and I know. Um, and, and they said, oh, somebody forgot how to cook their food. And it just happened to be those, those poor black people who were sitting on the oil and diamonds who they murdered, 21,000 of them. Nobody said a, a, a virus didn't kill them, but it didn't spread through the world the way the government told you it did. And, um, and again, it came through a, um, you know, a, a vaccine program. So how these diseases, how populations are destroyed and killed in the cover-up, and now it's, now it's against the entire world because the entire world is waking up. That, that not, you know, vaccines, they've never been tested in placebo-controlled study, and now what they're doing right now is removing the control. Once they inject the entire world and take away your ability to ever move again, you never have healthy people like me. You never have my grandmother, my Aunt Susie, the people that live forever. Because there you go, you're always going to be the sickly. And, and, we can, and we can show that. So when they remove the controls, the healthy people like the person who said, yeah, I'm pretty sick. Yeah, but I never got a flu shot. If you succumb and you get a COVID-19 vaccine, God only knows what's in that e needle. Nobody knows what's in that needle. I guarantee you it's, um, it's going to be deadly, and, um, and they know it. And people have already died, and millions more will die. And they will blame those of us who don't wear masks. You know, somehow Judy Mikevitz can just contaminate the world with fairy dust I'm spreading on the whole world, you know? Yeah, really? Maybe, maybe the contamination is the education. Maybe what I'm contaminating is I'm waking brains up so that people think a little bit further than what they're told. Walk around and look around. Have we ever worn masks? Hey, why wouldn't we have worn a mask with HIV? Oh, because it's only spread by blood and body fluids. Well, that's what they told us about Ebola too. And Sierra Leone says, absolutely not, folks. 
You know, that one is contagious. And how did they stop that outbreak? Hydroxychloroquine. So what have good news? What have what have millions of South Africans died of, if not AIDS? I mean, it's been it's been it's one of the biggest killers in in not just oh, well, South Africa but Africa. Oh, they have died of AIDS. They have died of acquired immune deficiency. You know, there 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 is a disease. AIDS is acquired immune deficiency, but it wasn't caused by a virus that they caught by their sexual practices or their bad behavior. It was caused by families of viruses and co and cofactors that were injected into them in and driven through people. See, I, you'll definitely replicate flu viruses and coronaviruses. And, and if you're injected with a flu vaccine and you wear a mask, you'll definitely cripple your immune system. And the most immune compromised are definitely spreading disease among the population. But AIDS wasn't spread through that population the way you were told. Yes, they've died of AIDS, but it, just like people have died of COVID. But COVID is not caused by SARS-CoV-2 any more than a HIV caused AIDS. That's what we're trying to say. What? Yes, people are dying, but they're dying in the nursing homes from the ventilators. The nurse, you know, they're putting from the wrong treatment, from being denied treatment, from being prevented the perfect treatment for the perfect virus. Well, if you get a virus, if you get a vaccine um, that expresses the envelope protein of HIV and the ACE2, it binding to the ACE2 receptor that 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 is the, the SARS um, severe acute respiratory syndrome virus and a gamma retrovirus. No, you know, uh, envelope protein that alone can cause disease. Why would you inject the disease-causing um, part of the virus? Why would you inject it into every cell of your body? That's not a vaccine, and it doesn't prevent transmission. It's, it was never intended to. It was intended to make you not as sick for as long. But what we're finding out and what the data show is that People are getting sick. That person on the line who's feeling pretty bad, you know, that's what the people who are vaccinated spread like because the virus isn't causing the disease. It's the other elements of the virus. It's the immunogenic. It's the things that are dysregulating your immune system. So why would you inject the most pathogenic part of a, vac of a virus into every human on the planet? Why would you do that and wake up and cripple um them and cause them to spread other viruses? And call it all COVID and cause cancer and kill people. The world's most cited infectious disease specialist, uh, Dr. Didier Raoul, if I've pronounced his name correctly, from, from France. Um, mm -hmm. he's, he's basically come out saying that the COVID vaccine is an utter waste of time. It's a waste of resources and it's going to be a total failure. Well, it's going to be deadly for sure. It won't be just a failure. It'll be deadly. So he's absolutely right because it does doesn't stop transmission how does injecting the pathogenic part of a virus stop transmission it doesn't you're not you're not stopping you know and the papers the papers say oh they're neutralizing antibodies there are no human studies 
you know, you're you're working with mice and you're working in vitro. You're working, you know, there's no there's no evidence of neutralizing antibodies. It's just what a crop manufacturer says. You know, and, and even the companies, as we talked earlier, even the ex-CEOs and vice presidents are saying, no, doesn't stop transmission. Even Bill Gates said this morning, oh, yeah, I can sterilize you. Oh, yeah, it doesn't really matter if it sterilizes because mm -hmm. you won't get COVID. You won't get the common cold and you'll risk your generations. You'll risk sterilizing our children. Children don't get sick from SARS-CoV-2, even the cases where there's evidence of infection, there's no disease. Infection is not disease. And the vaccine is just intended to kill um, the, the, the people they injured. It will kill the HIV infected. It will drive AIDS. It will drive um, cancers. It will drive autoimmune disease. It will, it will kill the elderly just as the elderly died from the flu vaccine. No question about it. Um, we've, and then we won't have a problem because our nursing homes will be empty and you mm. see they've killed the problem and you don't have a problem anymore. If, you, if you're sending it to the mental institutions, how are they a risk to society? Do people leave mental institutions? Why would you give people in a jail the vaccine first? Oh, clear the jails. You know, this doesn't, what's being done doesn't make any sense. And these are who, you know, the advisory committee on international, on immunization practices. It's made up of military people from around the world. So they're sitting around deciding how to kill people um, is basically what they're doing. And who should be the first to die? So the first to die with the vaccines are the people in nursing homes. Why would you do that? They're not going to spread disease. They can't get out of there. Haven't lifted their head off that tray for a long time. They're just drooling there. They have Alzheimer's. They don't know their family. They're stuck behind the glass. Why would you do that? Why, if you really wanted to use a vaccine to prevent the spread of disease around the world, why would you go in a place nobody can leave? A nursing home with a person who can't talk to you, much less spread virus, and then put a mask on them and just murder them. Oh, because they cost too much money. What's who's taking care of those people? Oh, Medicare, you know, oh, the government, you know, look at we've crippled our society. You've been accused um, numerous times of being an anti-vaxxer. Yeah, nope. You know, um, I'm against untested, unsafe vaccines. I've spent my entire life making immune therapies, both natural product drugs, um, drug, um, things like interferon from our own immune system. And an immune therapy, the definition of immune therapy is to educate the immune system to prevent or treat infectious disease or AIDS or cancer. So if I've spent my entire life, remember that last drug program I, I led in the government was called the Lab of Antiviral Drug Mechanisms. My job is to find out how a virus caused disease and, and, and strengthen the person's immune system. That's what, a, or how cancers progress and strengthen the immune system so it recognizes the tumor cells. That's what my life is. That's the definition of a vaccine. 
something that educates the immune system to prevent or treat chronic or infectious disease. So how can I be in an anti-vaxxer if 40 years of work um, is has been devoted to that single hypothesis that we can prevent treat. What I'm against is, and I'm totally anti 21st century vaccines, where all liability's been removed, where we've realized that our practices have injured millions and we don't want to pay for it. I'm against untested. I've got a drug that we've been making from a company with that a company I've been consulting for since 2004. It's it's a fabulous drug for preventing and treating infectious diseases associated with cancers and in fact um, ME/CFS and in neuroimmune disease. That company never it did not ever get approved yet. 15 years we've done inhuman studies. We've done safety studies for six months to a year of using this therapy in people. And it never gets approval by the corrupt FDA. Why? Because it costs less than 200 a month and it will actually heal people. We have to literally bribe our FDA to get in line to get approved. You know, all the work we've done on diagnostic tests to test disease. Oh, those don't get approved. And yet you can you can perpetrate fraud on millions. Do you know how many trillions of dollars they're making with that crap ass PCR test that's not validated? Well, you know, that's that's supposedly why the Whittemores were going to go to jail. Their test wasn't validated. It didn't detect that virus. It detected other viruses of the family. So now we've said, oh, now this virus causes this disease and a PCR test that absolutely has never been validated to show anybody um, any proof that an isolated infectious transmissible virus from a person with the disease is what that PCR test is detecting, much less anything else. And yet, and this is how they spin the realities and the truth so you know um okay fine i'm an anti-vaxxer i'm certainly an anti-21st century vaccine because now we know they've perpetrated fraud on millions and they've killed millions and so yeah i'm going to stand up yeah i'm absolutely in the 21st century an anti-vaxxer and i can we can make a safe vaccine we have a safe vaccine to coronavirus it's called type 1 interferon it's called cannabis. Do you, we could prevent if cannabis. we sprayed this bottle. Cannabis. Sure, because you prevent the flame from going too high. What are you preventing? You're preventing the disease. What causes the disease? The cytokine storm. Your endocannabinoid system is the dimmer switch on the inflammatory response. It says to you, oh, that's just the common cold. Don't kill the don't kill the human. We can control that. It steers your immune system towards a type one interferon pathway if signaled in a in a good way. Is there a vaccine so, that 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 you would take or that you would recommend? Not on the current schedule. Right. I used to say I would take the rabies vaccine. David, honey, just quiet for five more seconds. Just five more seconds, sweetie. Um, sorry, my husband just came home. Just sit for a minute. No worries. Um, anyway, so um, no, not in the 21st century. I used to say the rabies vaccine because you you know you have the disease. Please go outside, sweetie pie. All right. Um, you know you have. You know you got bit. 
by a rabid dog and the risk of the disease outweighs the horrors of yes. the vaccine. Yes. That's true for the rabies vaccine. But now I know they're actually pushing the rabies vaccine on people that haven't been bitten by a dog. So um, that that I used to say yes to that. And now I would say no, there is not a single vaccine anywhere that I would would take um, on uh, on this day on December 8th of um, 2021. We've literally gone. I've, I've kept you for literally almost an hour more. Um, but I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I I'm gonna have to let you go because your husband is is gonna is going to get angry, and the the people. Well, and the, I have a one o'clock or one thirty call today with the Texas legislator. Oh right, and sure. the people in the comments are saying that your your husband must go and make coffee. <laughs> so that, <laughs> that's so his that, job. He makes um, me coffee. That's correct. Um, He's our grocery shopper because I won't go to the store and wear a mask. <laughs> I I think I think Judy that. Um, in the not too distant future, I'm going to have to invite you for another conversation. There's just there's sure. too there's too much to take in, and um, I've got so much more to ask you. Uh, um, and I mean, I'm looking at the comments. Our our audience literally grew into the second hour. I mean, it got bigger, um, and it's very sure. late here now. So clearly, what whatever it is that you are saying is striking a chord with uh, with my audience, but one one last thing um may i ask that those who are watching right now please uh try and download the video immediately when we end uh there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that this is going to get banned by youtube um so i'm going to um, upload it to another platform uh tonight um but those who are watching please download it uh if you can um <clears throat> everybody is well, 95% of the people in the audience are, are big fans. They're loving you. They're demanding that you come back. Um, I'm guessing that your intern w won't want you back, but uh, nevertheless. <laughs> <laughs> well, he keeps watching you, doesn't 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 that tell you something? <laughs> he, you know, he keeps watching you. He can look around. He can see that this doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, it, he, he was trained well by me at least that summer, and I'm sure he got a good education at at Berkeley here in California. So, um, you know, he's not a stupid man. Maybe he'll figure out that in fact he's wrong. Um, allow me to also say that uh, your book is brilliant. I'm currently busy with it. I've not finished it. It, it. The link is underneath the video. Please, everybody, there's a link to the Amazon uh, link. If you want to listen to the audio book also, it's on Audible. I strongly recommend that. It's got a very, very pleasant um, narrator. Because um, right. I, I bought that version also. Yeah. Um, Judy, thank you so much, Doctor Judy Mikovits. Let me let me show you some respect. Um, thank you, Jeremy. Thank that's you. okay. You could just say Doctor. You could just say Judy. I'm fine with that. Th thank you so much for your time. <laughs> um, I've thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed my conversation with you. Uh, please send me uh, via email what you were promising me earlier. There was some information you said you would send me. I will. I um, will. There's a lot I can send you, and that way you'll see the links too. And I gave a talk last week that you can you can show as well, showing the molecular mechanisms of how this vaccine will injure you. Because re remember, all I talk about is science. Right, and and next week actually, I'm being joined right here by uh, Dr. Mike Yeadon, former VP of Pfizer. 
who's who's mm-hmm. very much anti the the, the vaccine and uh, for somebody who worked for a company that makes vaccines uh, he obviously knows a bit about vaccines so i would i would right. take i would take his word for it if he says it's a it's a bad move Oh, can you send me how I can watch that show? Absolutely, yes, yes. I'll I'll stay in touch with you over email. All right, thank you, um, Judy. Thank, thank you, you, everybody, for watching. Uh, my name is Germ. This was Germ Warfare, the Battle of Ideas.